as they sang about the Holy Spirit, that He is indeed welcome here, and He is indeed here. And it's such a blessing Sunday after Sunday to feel that through worship. We hope you do. hope you feel Him, because He is here. Not only is He here, but He wants to change your life. He wants to change my life. It's not just like saved, baptized, and, and that's it. Holy Spirit wants to change our lives over and over again to grow us in Christ. We're going to jump right back in to, uh, to the Apostles' Creed today. And um, so y'all remain seated this time. I know we did a little, you know, are you ready two weeks ago. Some of you might remember that. We'll, we'll hold off. That's not a weekly deal. But I do want us to state the, the Apostles' Creed. And I would ask that, uh, I, know, I know for us, and, you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, y'all who, who haven't gone to Honduras, um, you know, we'll tell stories and stuff. And so we, we want to do that humbly. Uh, not like, you know, we went and y'all didn't or anything like that. But when I say the Apostles' Creed now and, and thinking about some things I experienced, I mean, I, I just say it with, um, you know, with more purpose, with more meaning. And, and I would ask in all humility and in prayers as you recite these words, as you state it, just, just think about it. Because this, this is the core of, uh, of our faith. It's what we believe. So y'all can remain seated. should be on your program or it should be on the screen. And... Um, Maybe? No. Okay, not on the screen. On your program. Hopefully you know it by heart. So repeat after me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And yes, I forgot he descended into hell. It's on your program. Uh, We've talked about that, but uh, I grew up... Stating it without it. So anyway, we did a whole sermon on that. Um, today we're talking about I believe in the Holy Spirit. Um, I've talked a lot about this, and Dobby has this story, and we've talked some about how there's the real world that we uh, think is the real world, and then there's the real world, and the real world being the world of the Spirit. And there are times in life Dobby says it like this. He puts it more eloquently than I do. There's a veil between this world that we think is the real world and the world of the Spirit. And at certain times, that veil is is slowly lifted. Uh, Maybe it's the birth of a child. Maybe it is uh, watching a loved one pass from this life to the next. Maybe it is coming to know Jesus. Uh, Maybe it is going to Honduras and having a very intense experience... But I know that several times in my life that veil has been lifted. And, and I believe that it's probably happened a time or two in all of your lives. And what I hope we all know is that the world we think we live in, it's, it's very real, uh, but it's not the real world. I mean, the real world is a life of the Spirit. 
And that can happen here. And then that will certainly happen for eternity. Now you say, uh, well, whatever. Or, or maybe you disagree. That's okay. There's something else, uh, a story that I want to share. Uh, Jack Moriarty and I talked about this. We, um, we went into a house in Honduras up, up on the mountain. We were giving out uh, food vouchers. And we went to this one house, and it was, um, I mean, it was, it was smaller than from here to the, to the mic there at the end of the stage. And um, no, no wider than, than right here. Uh, and it was a shack. And a, a 90-year-old lady uh, lived there in a wheelchair. And then her 50, 55-year-old son lived with her taking care of her. I mean, just in this space. Up in the mountains, you know, a shack. And that, that was their life. And what Jack and I were talking about, or what Jack told me, is he had heard someone say that there's no place on earth, no place on earth where the Holy Spirit is not present. Like he used an example like the slums of Mumbai. And we talked about this house, this, this shack, because I walked out of it and I said, man, that, that is a broken world, exemplified right there. But yet, the Holy Spirit was there. We prayed for the family, but also the Holy Spirit was there before we got there. And a living example of that was that the son, the 50-year-old, was there taking care of his mom, you know, honoring his, his parents. And it was, just, it was a witness. It was a testimony. It was an example for all of us. I'm, I'm telling you these things about the Holy Spirit because, see, we're all about Jesus here. I mean, we, we are. We, we love Jesus. We proclaim Jesus. And we spend a lot of time talking about Jesus, and, and rightly so. And, you know, we've led people to Jesus. They're baptized. Fantastic. Here's the thing, though. I've seen people come to know Christ. I mean, have the salvation experience, be baptized. And a lot of times, their lives are still like a wreck after that. And they just can't, just can't get it together. So we focus on Jesus, but we forget the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus won a three, you know. And we forget that Jesus' power came from the Holy Spirit. And we forget that Jesus wants us to live in a life of the Spirit in the real world, which is a world of the Spirit. And where you're seeing things different and, and interacting in a different way and maybe loving people more, but being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus went on to say so much that it is to your advantage. He said, it's better that, that I go, Jesus said. So you'll have the Holy Spirit, whom he called the Helper. And this is a passage I want to read today. I want us to read together. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John 16. And this is verse 7 through 15. Again, these words uh, will not be on the screen because we want you to know where John 16 is and read together. Um, so if you have your Bibles, open to John, and if you do not, uh, we, we give away Bibles here, please take one. But John chapter 16, verse 7 through 15, we'll read together. God's Word says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, Jesus speaking, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father 
and you will see me no longer? Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged? I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus is with his disciples. The Last Supper, he's going to be going to be crucified. And he says, I mean, I, this, this rocks my world. Because, you know, I mean, it, this is Jesus. This, I mean, it's Jesus. And he says, it's better that I leave you. Man, I mean, I just, just let that sit with you. It's better that I go away, Jesus says, so that you can have the helper. The helper. The helper. You need help in your life? I need help in my life. We have a helper. What does he do? He convicts us. Like, for discernment, like things we should do, things we shouldn't do. He, he convicts. He convicts us of relationships. He convicts us of sin. He guides us. Whether right, wrong, what should I do, what should I not do, he guides us. And he glorifies Jesus. It's, all, it's still all about Jesus. He said, he's going to glorify me. Do we really believe that it's better that Jesus go away? I mean, in our, in our rational mind, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't. Okay, our helper, man. I, I need some help, you know. What kind of help can we get? What kind of help can we expect? What is this Holy Spirit deal? Well, today I want to do something different. We, we read that passage, but we're not going to stay there. I want to take just going through some of the book of Luke little verses, and I want us to see literal, physical activity of the Holy Spirit. I mean, like, how the Holy Spirit helps us, how He is truly our, our helper, what He can do for us, okay? So, so turn to Luke 1, and we're, we're literally going to be flipping through a couple chapters of, of Luke, going through verses, but I want to show you, like, physical activity, like how the Holy Spirit helps us. And I want to start before we're even born. I mean, this is crazy. How the Holy Spirit works. Luke chapter 1. First chapter of Luke. Verse 15 and 16. This is Luke talking about John the Baptist. Okay, He says, He, John the Baptist, will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 15. Even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Even from his mother's womb. Filled with the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is working. And when we can't see it, when we can't know it, when we can't, can't touch it, that the Holy Spirit is working to shape a life and to raise that life up to lead people so that their hearts will turn to the Lord. What, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is to help you and me, us, help other people know the Lord. And it starts, it starts in our mother's womb. I, got, I didn't think I was going to do this, but I, just, I got convicted this morning in my, in my Bible... Um, I got this, this sonogram picture of, uh, of our child. And, um, sorry, man, that just kind of, dude, like hit me. Excuse me. Um, keep that in my Bible, and I keep it at Jeremiah, um, the first chapter, when it says, I knitted you. in your mother's womb. And so I pray over it every day. But um, 
dude, sorry. Anyway, sorry. I knew I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, I just want to get real, you know. And, um, you know, because I really believe that. They're like, man, the Holy Spirit's like, I don't know, like working and, and forming. It's real. I mean, Scripture says that. Before we were born, the Holy Spirit was, you know, working these little hands in our minds. But there's a purpose behind it, too. And, and here it says for John the Baptist to, to turn people's hearts to the Lord, their God. And I really believe, I mean, why, why are we about raising leaders? That, that you have a purpose, you have a plan. And it's not just like, it's not even for like the job you think you do. It's like to raise the kingdom, to turn people's hearts to the Lord. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, we move on and, and so we're born and we live. And then, God willing, through a church, through a, a witness... We get to know Christ, we're baptized. In Luke 3.16, John the Baptist, again, who was the Holy Spirit was forming in his mother's womb. John the Baptist says, Luke 3.16, he says, One is coming who is mightier than I. He says, He will baptize you by the Holy Spirit and by fire. The Holy Spirit and by fire. So when we experience baptism and when folks are outside and they're being baptized, and they may be young, they may be old. I mean, yes, I always say it's an act that we see, but something so much more powerful, something so much more supernatural is going on in baptism. In the name of Jesus, when we baptize, man, the Holy Spirit is there and working. A week ago this morning, I had the honor to participate in, in our brother Tabor's baptism. Oh, there, Tabor, I going to give you a shout out. I'll give him some love, man. He wasn't here. And, and those of us that were gathered around, I mean, I think we can all test them. I mean, the Holy Spirit was there. And we just got, we got some water out of this, uh, this neighboring uh, stream. Had a Gatorade bottle. <laughs> Reed's Gatorade bottle. I mean, you know, and just poured it on him. And it was the Holy Spirit. So when baptism happens, I mean, it's not just something that we, you know, it's an act. And we set, man, it's a, it's a sacrament. We celebrate the Holy Spirit working. He's already been working in Tabor's life. He's already been working in your life. But man, he's, when you baptize in the name of Jesus, baptize in the name of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus is baptized. Go down to chapter 3, verse 22. John baptized Jesus. And it says, the Holy Spirit descended on him, on Jesus. Bodily formed, like a dove, a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. Jesus was beginning his ministry. He was starting his mission. And it was by the power of the Holy Spirit that he was going out. See, you know, we talk about going. Maybe talk about it locally in Jackson. Maybe it's somewhere else. Africa, India, Honduras. But we go by the power of the Spirit. And here, Jesus is starting his ministry. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. He hasn't, he hasn't done any ministry before this. He's, just, he's grown up. And he's baptized. And the Holy Spirit descends on him. Matthew's gospel said the Holy Spirit rested on Jesus. But Jesus' power, his mission, his ministry is by the Holy Spirit. And it's the same for us. Like, if it, if it takes, you know, baptism, if it's legit, I believe you see a life change from a heart that's turned inward, and my heart's been turned inward before, to a heart that's turned outward. And it happens by the Holy Spirit. Now, we're baptized, but there are other things that happen to us in life, like bad stuff, you know, trials, 
Challenges. I don't know if that's happened to you, but, but I've had trials. I've had challenges. We get tested. Look at the verse in Luke 4. Luke 4, verse 1. This, when you get this, this can like rock your world. Verse 1 says, Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, just, I mean, he's Jesus. And now he's got the Holy Spirit too. Full of the Holy Spirit. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. I will never forget this verse in seminary. The Greek, was led, actually means against his will. You get that? Say that again. Jesus was led against his will. The Holy Spirit led Jesus against his will to be, what? Tested. Tested. Forty days. Didn't have food. Tempted by the devil. The reason I say this is because sometimes the Holy Spirit leads us to be tested. I mean, it's, it's all good and stuff, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, on mission. But sometimes God says, man, I want to forge this man or woman's character. I want to shape this person for me. And, and he does it in a test. Now, do I know that like all of our tests are brought on by or led by the Holy Spirit? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that sometimes... And some of you probably know, some of you have probably felt this, that you, you're going through a test. Like, like God is putting you something to refine your character. That the sword gets the sharpest when it's in the fire. And, and sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead us into our own wilderness. Or we are tempted and we are tested. I say this to you, one, just because Scripture says it. I'm, I'm talking about activity of the Holy Spirit. I'm also saying that if you're going through tests right now, and I know a lot of you are, I mean, draw near to God. See what He's got to say to you through this. Because He will bring you out of it. If we're being tested because of Him by the Holy Spirit, He will bring us out. And what He wants to do is shape and sharpen and refine our character. He brings Jesus out. Look at this. Verse 14, Luke 4. It says, Jesus returned from the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to know, He returned in the power of the Spirit. Forty days, no food, no water. Tested, tempted. He comes out of this in power. In power. See, we can talk about the Holy Spirit, talk about peace of the Holy Spirit, talk about dwelling in the Holy Spirit, but we don't realize the power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, man, we claim the empty tomb, right? Somebody say right. Right, we claim the empty tomb. We say Jesus raised from the dead. And man, if we don't expect anything to happen, then nothing will happen. Like we need to expect power in the Holy Spirit. We need to expect changed lives. We need to expect great things to happen. We need to expect a mission to go to the world. I was in Honduras, first day there. Guy from another church is there. He said, man, I was blown away to hear that y'all raised $31,000 in a matter of weeks for this mission trip, for two mission trips. And that may not seem like a lot of money to y'all, but in a couple of weeks, he's like, how did you do that? I said, I don't know. I just said, man, we need to raise 25, and God gave us 31. Praise Jesus. So six goes extra to missions. You know what I'm saying? But my point being, there is power in the Holy Spirit. There's power for an individual life. Some of you are going through tests. You're going to come out, and you're going to have power. Amen. Thank you, sister. 
there is power for a church. And say, man, God can do something greater here. Some of you be, sometimes we get so negative, you know, at life, that we just, we just quit believing. We just quit expecting power, great things. I know marriages that need to be healed. Hey, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's a very church phrase, they can be healed. Do we believe it, though? When we state the apostle, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, that just said there's power in the Holy Spirit. Do we believe that this place can be filled? I do. Do we believe that we can reach nations for Christ? If we don't expect and believe, it will never happen. Do you believe? Do you believe? I do, man. And and this this actual verse rocked me. Because, you know, you think about Holy Spirit and peace and dwelling and spirit, you know... Power. Spirit-filled power. You've, some of you felt it. I know you have. You need to realize it and expect it. Call it. Claim it. God can do it. He's already done it in so many ways. Marriage is restored. Family is united. People healed. Now, I can say that, but you want to know the power of the Holy Spirit? Jesus goes on in this chapter, Luke 4. I tell you, we're going to go through these quick verses. What is the power of the Holy Spirit? Jesus comes up, preaches his first sermon in Nazareth. What does he say? Verse 18, Luke 4, 18. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Holy Spirit is on me. Then he says, he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. What is the power of the Holy Spirit? That we are free. And we are freed in Jesus Christ. Some of us are shackled by what I call the unholy trinity. You know, there's the holy trinity, God the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. There's the unholy trinity of guilt, what we've done, how we've lived, shame, not being able to raise our head up high, and regret for what we didn't do. Shame, guilt, regret. It it shackles us. It shackled me before. Jesus says, to proclaim freedom to the captives. Some of you have been in sin. Some of you are in sin. Jesus offers freedom. Recovery of sight to the blind. And I don't think he's just talking about physical blindness. I think he's talking about not seeing the real world and being so consumed by what we think is the real world that we're just blind to people God's put in our lives. Blind to the power of the Holy Spirit. They just have come to get some eyes open. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I, I pray, I know it every day. I pray you know it every day. If you don't, man, it's real. Scripture claims it. Jesus claims it. What else can the Holy Spirit do? Talking about discernment. Talking about spirits. Talking about a spiritual world. have to highlight this. helps us see evil spirits. Yeah, I said that, okay? I'm not like throwing out Benny Hinn stuff. I mean, I'm not you know, a big fan, but you know, we, need to, we need to talk about this. Evil spirits, Luke 4, 32, or 33 actually. It says, in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. Then verse 41, it says, demons came out of many by Jesus, crying, you are the son of God. He rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. I state this because the spiritual world, they're they're evil spirits. I mean, they attack individual Christians. They attack churches. You know, my thing on evil spiritual spiritual warfare is, you know, some people maximize them. Like, you know, I mean, some people in white suits and cast out. And it's, it's all about spiritual warfare. I don't think you should go there. But then some people just minimize it and never talk about it. It's real. 
They're evil spirits. We're at war. And it's not against flesh and blood, as Paul writes in Ephesians. It's against principalities that infiltrate lives and families and churches. And, and sometimes, yeah, man, we need to address it. I mean, we've been attacked in this church before. I've been attacked. We'll be attacked again. It's part of the deal until Jesus comes back. But the name of Jesus. I always say this, man, Satan's a defeated foe. That's why, you know, don't maximize the spiritual warfare, but don't minimize it too in the sense of it's real. But, man, in the name of Jesus, these evil spirits are rebuked and cast out. We claim victory. And some people like to talk about this stuff like, you know, the, the evil spirit over... No, man, in the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, we're freed. And we have victory. Like, man, I don't know about you. I know you may be thinking I'm all quacked out there. But it's it's real deal. But, I mean, if you're... And let me just say this. Some of you may feel like you're facing spiritual warfare like right now. And claim Jesus Christ, the name of Christ... Get into God's Word. Dwell on the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit for release. Now, this may not be for all of you, but some of you may be like, man, that's me right now. Claim Him. And you are free. You have victory in Christ. Folks in Honduras, Africa, India, very much in tune to the world of the Spirit. You know why? Because they're raised and like trees have spirits and trees have names. They're converted to Christianity and they, they really, really believe in this other, other world. And they talk about this. But again... Satan's a defeated foe. I mean, name of Jesus, there, it's, it's gone, it's done. Okay, enough on that. You may, again, some of you may think I'm quacked. It's, it's the real deal, though. Luke 10, 21. Something else. Activity of the Spirit. Life of the Spirit. Verse 21. says, in that same hour, in that same hour, Jesus... Rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. I want to I hit on this, and here's why I hit on it. Because one is like, you know, we think about Jesus, Son of God. We think about Jesus in power. Jesus was a happy dude. I mean, Jesus, I can see him around, sitting around with kids, loving to laugh. I mean, he had brothers. I mean, I'm not talking just like physical brothers, but his disciples. I mean, he was, he was a friendly, a joke. He was a dude. He liked to have fun. And a life of the Spirit is not always like heavy and everything. We go, you know, spiritual work, but it's, man, it's rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. And like, we need, and I include me in this, I mean, not always take ourselves so seriously and like rejoice in what God's done, rejoice in what God has given us. Give you an example, man, just to rejoicing. Sister Audra Bowman, I see you over there. We love 80s music. I mean, I, I am the king of some 80s music trivia. So we'll like, Hit us, and I'm just, just, you know, not taking myself too seriously here. But we'll text each other songs. So the last one, I know, Wham, Freedom. I know, that's like, I didn't need to know that. But I'm just laughing at ourselves, man. I love some 80s music. I love my sister. We'll text a song back and forth. You're not going to see my playlist. Nobody gets that. But, man, it's just like, let's rejoice, man. We can be open. We can be real. I mean, who God's created us. And just, just rejoice in laughter. And it's the life of the Spirit. It's what God wants for us. And then it's in worship, too. Like individually and in relationally with friends and, and laughing. But worship, too. And, and worship is meant to rejoice. There's joy to it. I mean, I love Chris and our worship team trying to just rejoice Sunday after Sunday. 
And sometimes we do, and, and maybe, maybe sometimes we're not feeling it, but I think we should always feel it. Because that's what the Spirit calls us to. And that's what He wants to give us. And man, you know, our worship team is like, they got this birdman that the church rejoices over and over again. And that's what it's about, Spirit-led living. We talked, Chris and I, in Honduras, and you know, we, every time I go down, and others of us too, we're like, you know, it's always hard to come back. And, and this is not a, please don't hear this as a y'all do. This is like a cultural deal, okay? Like Bible Belt. You know, folks are like, you know, they're like, man, what's somebody going to say about me if I happen to raise a hand? Or, you know, if somebody's like, I can't go down to the altar because then people are going to know, you know, maybe, or think marriage in the tank or something like that. I mean, you know how it goes. And there's just a lack of openness. And we come from like, it's like, man, more and more openness and and. That's how we should be. That's how we should worship. Carter, Brother Carter, see you too, brother. We were talking about this too. I mean, I, we went to this one worship service where everybody was, I can't jump. I'm not, not a jumper, but like everybody was jumping up and down. Brother, I've never seen you. Like <laughs> this Carter was like grinning from ear to ear and jumping and everything. And we talked afterwards. And, you know, both of us, we, we come from traditional settings. And like, you know, the moment you want to just raise that first hand, it's like, you know, you can't, you know, you're trying, you're trying. And just, just put it up, you know, and just. You know, fall on your face on the altars, man. Beg God, plead with God, rejoice in God. It's, it's the life of the Spirit. And it's, it's what Jesus did. Jesus said he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. And may we all rejoice individually as a church. I, we want this to be a place where, man, if you feel like you need to sit down or you stand or raise hands or fall, man, just rejoice. Rejoice in what God's done. Rejoice in what God's doing. That's worship. What else can the Holy Spirit do? A couple more things. He just, he's given to us freely. What do I mean by that? Luke 11. Luke eleven thirteen. Jesus says, How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask them? You may think all this stuff I'm talking about, you're like, man, I don't really understand it or get it. This life of the Holy Spirit... Have we asked God to give us the Holy Spirit? Maybe you've got to go to an uncomfortable meeting or visit. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it has to do with a job. Do we ask, God, man, send your Holy Spirit to this meeting. Send your Holy Spirit to be in this conversation. Do we ask God to send the Holy Spirit? I hope we do. I hope you do. Do we ask, God, send your Holy Spirit in worship? God, may I feel your presence today. God, the barriers and the shackles that are in my heart, would you break them? So what you have to say to me, I, I will hear clearly. And he'll do it. Do we ask? Do we, when we mourn the loss of a loved one, do we ask, God, man, give me your Holy Spirit. I need him desperately. We're in the middle of a broken relationship. God, send your Holy Spirit. Work on this person's heart. We've got to do something really hard, really tough. God, send your Holy Spirit. And he will. Jesus says it. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Ask. Ask. And our Father, who loves each and every one of you, will, will give it. And then Luke 13 Excuse me, Luke 12. One other one, Luke 12, 12. says the Holy Spirit will teach you 
in that very hour what you ought to say. I like this one because some of us have been in like uncomfortable situations. Some of us are like, man, some of us may have fear to speak it into a life. Some of us may have fear of like witnessing. how How do I do this? Do we trust that the Holy Spirit will give us words? Will give us words. He will. We ask for the Holy Spirit. Scripture says, man, the Holy Spirit will teach you what to say. Some of you need to speak in other people's lives. Some of you are holding, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your spouse, and, and you're hesitant, you're fearful. If we trust, the Holy Spirit will give us the words. He will. Ask for the Holy Spirit. I, I mean, I've, I've actually experienced times like this where I just did not know what I was going to say and, and literally like, you know, some of the most graceful, just spirit. I was like, man, where'd that come from? It's the Holy Spirit. Believe it. You say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit can do for you, for me, for us. It's real. It's not just a, a vague prayer. This is like real practical stuff. That the power of the Holy Spirit can help us with. And then last verse, Acts 1 8. One of my favorite verses. You know, Acts, the continuation of Luke. Listen to what Jesus says in this verse, Acts 1 8. He says, You, this is to all his followers, so, so you, all of us, will receive power, spirit filled power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Think about what Jesus says there. You're going to have power, and you're going to go. Power to go. Going power. When? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Some of us can't get out of our own lives. And and trust me, you know, I've been there. I mean, like, we're so focused on whether it's our happiness, or just our deal, or our what we got going on or our problems. Jesus says, he he promises, he claims, the Bible says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I mean, like when it really comes upon you, the sinful internal nature of our hearts will change to external. And we'll have power to go. And that going doesn't have to be Honduras. But we start going. We go in prayer. We go to our spouses, our families, our children. We go to our church. And so, some of us may go to the world. He said, the ends of the earth. And these are some, some humble fishermen and just simple men who've never tried. You can go to the ends of the earth. You're going to go to the darkest corners of this planet for me. One last story. Um, that house that I told you all about with the 90-year-old mom and the 50-year-old son... So there was a team of us. There were actually two teams. There was about ten of us. And we hiked up, like, near Derek Ginn and I. Ginn, you're killing me, brother. Hiking up this mountain about two miles, and there's this little shack. And, I mean, it was just, I mean, what I literally said walking out, I was like, man, that is, that is the broken world exemplified right there. But see, here's the difference. We came up there to that house, and, and we didn't just, like, stand around. I mean, it was dirty. I mean, it was vile. It was, it was disgusting. I mean, smell, you know. But I'm not a bug guy, you know, you know, all that. And we go to this house, man, and we all go in the house. 
I mean, like, we, we enter into the house. I mean, we go in, and it's dark, and it's, it's, just, it's nasty. But we went in. And later that really hit me. That see, we have a Lord and Savior who willingly walks into our, our dirty houses. And all of us, if we get real and look at our hearts, man, there's some, you know, there's some dirt there. And if you don't think your heart's dirty, then you may have a bigger problem than you realize. We have a Savior, I mean, just didn't stand back, didn't say, no, I'm not going there. You know, he went in. He went in when he came to this world. He was baptized in cross-cultural missions. I mean, there is no greater mission than Jesus leaving heaven, coming to earth. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's entering your house today, right now. The question is, will you let him in? Some of you may be scared to let him in. You should be. Because then your heart moves from this way to, to this way. And yeah, I can't promise you what's going to happen after that. But I believe it's better than what you have now. As we close, Jesus said it's, going back to that verse, it's to your advantage. It's better that I go, that the Holy Spirit come. He loves us so much. Not only did he die and rise again to save us, and give us eternal life. He sent His Spirit to humbly and lovingly invade our houses and change our lives to this greater purpose, this greater purpose of living for Him, this power to go. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Many of us believe in the Holy Spirit. I pray that we truly believe in the Holy Spirit, that there's power in the Holy Spirit. There's freedom. There's plans that, that we never imagined. There's, there's a mission. There's a purpose. And it's, it's all about going. Or these words of scripture, I, I pray that we would, they would penetrate our hearts. That, that we would know we, we can rejoice in, in you, in, in one another, in your church, in the Holy Spirit. That, that we would know that in the Holy Spirit, great things happen. Let's expect them. There's healing in the Holy Spirit. There are words that, that we don't even know that, that you can give us. give the Holy Spirit freely and willingly because you love us. Right now I pray that we ask and that we open our, our houses and just let the Holy Spirit come in. And there's anointing and there's, there's baptism by your Holy Spirit and that these people start receiving your power and either becoming for the first time or more and more your witnesses to all the earth. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.